Well, hello there and welcome to Learning With Liz. This is my first ever podcast call from passion to profit and this is all about up and coming female based projects within the Sheffield area. So Learning With Liz is my own creation. I've just started Learning With Liz and it's all about helping teacher trainees and aspiring students going into the education sector, what it's like to be a teacher and how we can have the most fun out of it as well. So within this series, we'll be listening to a vast range of businesses from Prickly Pear, a theatre company promoting diverse casting. We'll also be listening from Handle With Care, a blog focused on how to aid one's mental and physical um, health by taking care of oneself, and Spectre Burlesque, a new Sheffield-based burlesque troupe. Finished with my own project, Learning With Liz. So before I carry on babbling, let's begin listening to our first ever interview. This is myself interviewing Zoe from Prickly Pear Productions. It was so, so good to have Zoe on my first ever podcast. I've known Zoe for over a year now. She's fabulous. Her passion is so, so present in what she does. Um, and it's been an absolute pleasure to share it with you and for you to hear some awesome advice. So, first of all, so fabulous to have you here. Thank you for having me, thank you. Yay! So, um, my first question that I want to ask you is, what inspired you to create Prickly Pear Productions? So, the inspiration behind Prickly Pear, I wasn't seeing the stories that really interested me on stage. And opportunities in the theatre are really hard to come by. So, I thought if... The opportunities are so scarce and the stories that I see are in the stories I want to see, then why not do it myself? It sort of came from a place of, well, if you, yeah, if you can't do, then, no, not if you can't do, but yeah, you get what I mean. Yeah, sort of, definitely. You, you need to sort of make work for yourself. Yes. Yeah. Is the thing. Um, so, so that's where Prickly Pear started and then I wanted to relate it back to my Maltese heritage. So yeah, Prickly Pears are national fruit. Yeah. <laughs> and um and that's really it yeah bro i think that definitely makes your um theater company unique as well the fact obviously that unfortunately as is any industry mm -hmm. it's the theater business is very very whitewashed yes um and that's obviously we live in sheffield so um you see that here and there and i think that's why prickly pear productions is so unique because you have that sort of at the centre of like we want to share diverse um mm -hmm. diverse stories, yeah. things that you've grown up with that you don't get to see on the screen. And I remember ages ago, um, when I first started speaking to you about your passion for um sort of like diverse stories in theatre, when you said about Wonder Woman, seeing oh, Wonder Woman yeah. for the first time and you were yeah. you listened to it and Gal Gadot was the obviously the yeah. Um, the main actress, the actress yeah. and it was the first time you'd heard like a, an accent on, on a big blockbuster film like mm -hmm. on the screen as a main character mm -hmm. and I didn't even that didn't even register in my mind that that's yeah. such a big deal unfortunately uh, yeah and, and unfortunately I guess you can't blame people for in a way being in the dark to these things like not realizing that oh my god Gal Gadot was one of the first women to play a woman sort of really strong female-led role 
and be on all the covers and be the center of the story and she doesn't have an English or an American accent. Yeah. So that I think was the biggest thing because when I first moved here my accent was very different. Like it was much stronger mm. but I had to adapt it so that people could understand me which is fair enough but she kept quite a strong accent yeah. in the film which I loved. It's fair enough but it's also like devastating at the same time the fact that like I don't think that's it's not that it's fair or it's not fair but like it's unfortunate to think that you just over time lose lose that but mm-hmm. what's beautiful about Prickly Pear Productions is that you're you're clinging on to it and you're like no listen other people need to hear yeah. our stories too. Mm-hmm. Um, brilliant. So Obviously, you had this passion, you loved theatre, you loved your heritage as well, Mm -hmm. but what was the step that you took to uh, sort of like transform it into your, from a passion into a project or a business as well? Um, How did you get there? Oh, that hard question to answer, but I'll I'll try my best to uh, make it simplified. (laughs) Um, So luckily, the month um, that I decided to start Prickly Pear, my best friend, Chantel, one of my best friends, Chantel, uh, she's from Malta as well. She was staying at my house for a few weeks. She's working on production up here. She's based in London. And I told her my idea and we were like, right, let's go for it together. Let's do this together. And that's how we sort of, that's, I think that's the point where there's no return when you commit mm. with someone else. And then we were really lucky in that uh, a scratch night was coming up. And we said, let's launch our company there. What's our idea? Mm. And that's where I thought of our first uh, project, Immigration Crisis, the music. And I said, let's scratch this. Let's create a so play. So what, what, is, what is a scratch for people that aren't oh, yeah. sort of um, aware of theatre terms? So a scratch night is when a theatre allows um, either writers or different um, tiny theatre companies to go in and try their work that's still in development so if you have a piece that's 20 minutes and you really want to see what's like on stage see how the audience is going to react um you do that at a scratch night they're very rare in south yorkshire there aren't many scratch nights mm. so that's why i said we were lucky because at the time that the scratch night was announced was when we decided to set up the company mm. so it was a great way to launch our work by sort of testing the waters mm. of what our ideas would look like on stage and also how an English audience would react yeah. to uh, a more diverse sort of accent and storyline yeah. happening on the stage. So that is basically like, obviously that was a, um, a re- like a funded um, mm-hmm. thing as well. So it was through applying for scratch nights, they're happy to fund mm-hmm. um, these performances and that's where you get the, the money to put on the production, whether it be like yeah. for your set, for your actors as well. Yes, yeah, so um, most scratch nights give you a set fee. It's not much, but it's enough mm-hmm. to get you going. Um, it was enough to help us pay um, the actors who were in it and also mm-hmm. ourselves just slightly um, more than we would earn. Mm-hmm. Um Roughly, uh, I think Sheffield Theatres, yeah, offered around 350 for that, their scratch night. Some offer 400, some don't offer anything. So it just depends on where you go. Mm. And then, and then yeah, so it's it's not the most profitable making, but it's, it really does give you a good solid foundation exactly, to start yeah. off. Yeah. Amazing. Um, so the, the other thing that I wanted to mention as well is that 
who who are your target audience obviously when you're setting up a business or a project you've got different mm-hmm. aspects so you've got the social media side to it as well and that's yeah you've got to have like a target audience that are going to relate to that and find mm-hmm. that content interesting too mm-hmm. for you who, what who is your target audience see it's difficult to say because we we want to target obviously minorities such as ourselves we want them to feel like their stories are being told on stage so we were lucky enough to be a part of the Migration Matters Festival in Sheffield this year, where uh, we debuted the performance Immigration Crisis in full. It was a one-hour piece this time. And um, our, our audience there is sort of what we really want to um, get. Because unfortunately, we find that because diverse stories aren't being told on stage and because most of the stories are very whitewashed, mm. Um, you don't get very many minorities attending the theatre. That, yeah, it's true, yeah. You know? So we want to target those people that don't attend the theatre because they don't feel like there's a story that represents them. And we want them to come to the theatre because they're the people that really would, you know, really enjoy it. And probably from the countries they're from or the Mm -hmm. minorities that they're from, arts is a big thing, but they don't get to celebrate it as much when they move here. Um, so I think that's our main target audience, the people whose stories we're trying to really portray. Yeah. And obviously we really want to target people who also disagree with us. So, mm. you know. Um, so you have like, um, what I love about Scratch Nights and the shows that you've put on so far is that you obviously have the opportunity for the audience members to write feedback mm-hmm. for you as yes. well. And how have you found that? Has that been helpful? Extremely helpful. We've had genuinely some really positive feedback not one of them was negative all was constructive um we did have one person who was eight years old give us feedback at the migration matters festival Mm. and it was this beautiful young girl who is half italian half african and lives in the uk um so she calls herself uh, an Italo-African oh, child. Oh, a little hybrid um, baby. Yeah, um, <laughs> and she was stunning. Her feedback, she wrote feedback on this blackboard that made all my stress and mine and Chantel's efforts, everything that we worked towards, worth it, where she said, because there's a moment in the immigration crisis where one of our um, uh, black actors, um, she sings about how a man approached her and said, you're pretty for a black girl. Um, And she wrote on the feedback saying, I related to that because (gasps) I've been told that. So thank you. At eight years of age. At eight years of age. And she said, thank you for bringing so many different cultures to the stage. I have never seen that before. Um, and, And I can relate to what she said because I have been told you're pretty for a black girl. And we were just sobbing, each one and every one of us. Because her mother came and she grabbed us and said, I'd really like you to read my daughter's feedback. And and she was Italian, her mother. So we started speaking to her in Italian, myself and Chantel. And and then um, once we got to the blackboard where she wrote the feedback at the back of the theatre, we were just... I was reading it aloud, so the others... Because we couldn't all read it, so I read it aloud. And as I was reading it, I was like, don't, don't Do cry. Do not well up. Don't, don't cry. <laughs> and then I turned around. Once I finished reading the feedback, I turned around and oh. everyone was crying. And I was like, oh no, I can let it out. Yeah. Oh, I'm a professional. Yeah. Um, and that I think that feedback was just worth everything, worth, worth every single, you know, anxiety attack. 
yeah tears of sobbing of and stress I, and stuff. i think that's incredible as well because if you think about how old and pure you are at eight years of age Absolutely. like you're yeah. so young but mm-hmm. the fact that that's really resonated with them just demonstrates that people minorities need prickly pear productions as well to be able to mm. listen to their story and see it and then be able to reflect on it as well yeah so would you say that has been your wow moment so far absolutely yeah i mean that was just a moment that felt like it's all worth it mm-hmm. i think the wow moment was when you know we only had 36 tickets sold at the start of the week and then we oversold tickets <laughs> And there were about 120, between 120 and 140 people in the audience. Incredible! Yeah. That's more than you can wish for as well, isn't Absolutely, it? Absolutely, yeah. So when, you know, the bows happened and I stepped out to say a thank you for them attending, I just welled up and I was yeah. like, yeah, wow, this is, yeah, it was a wow moment, definitely. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Oh, proud vibes, proud <laughs> vibes. Um, so I um, just want to ask you as well, what are the challenges mm. that... Um, you face when you're running uh, prickly pear productions obviously this um this podcast is all about people that are um sort of thinking about turning their passion into profit or a business or a project and it's difficult but like Mm -hmm. what are the challenges that you have faced and that you've overcome or that you're still trying to get to grips with i think the one thing you need to come to grips with when you have an idea and you think this is my time to make it happen Mm -hmm. is the hours you need to put in it's a huge sacrifice your social life will suffer but it's fine because you this is what you want to do so the one thing as well as the financial investment be ready to really Mm -hmm. put in the money um, because it's all right for someone to go, yeah, I want to, I want to start a theatre company or I want to work on this project. I want to set up a podcast. But mm-hmm. if you're not willing to buy the microphone, if you're not willing to, you know, buy the set and, sure. and pay the registration fees you need to pay and, and you know, sacrifice the money that you're earning um, as little as it may be into setting up this business, then you're never going to go anywhere. You yeah. Know? So I think... Um, one thing to think about if, if you are listening and you want to set something up, definitely be ready to just sacrifice a lot of your time and money, but it ends up being really worth it. So um, you just have to stick stick the tough times yeah. and really look towards the future because um, you, you have to put that time in and, and that sacrifice to get to where you need mm. to be. For that time for you, like obviously I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I listen to a lot of like inspirational talkers and mm-hmm. that have entrepreneurs that have run their own businesses and they say that to find the time that they're, they're sort of like echoing what you're saying, you mm-hmm. need to find the time for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they like get up an hour or two hours earlier than usual to sort of yeah. do it. Yeah. How, how do you find the time? Do you tend to do it after work? Is that how you do it or, yeah. yeah? Yeah, so I tend to work, so I work nine to five and I have an hour lunch break, so I use this hour lunch break to just send out emails and stay on top of things. And then when I get home, I uh, tend to do the work, so scripts and stuff or rehearsals or directing or just sending out more emails Mm. and then my weekends are my main base I try to make sure Sunday is always free so that I can have that balance and have you know a bit of a life oh definitely but then I make sure to dedicate at least five hours of my weekend 
be it maybe two on Friday and then three on Saturday and then if I need to put more in that's fine but a minimum of five mm -hmm. every weekend to make sure that I'm really hitting my goals yeah um the one thing I would say is have a plan um if you are doing things like this and you have to manage your own time being the boss of yourself is one of the hardest things ever because mm. you have to set your own deadlines you have to set your own lists of things you need to do you need to know what you're doing well so that you don't you know screw things up mm, or overdo it as well yeah, yeah absolutely and then you just need to make sure you're giving yourself that time to actually relax because ultimately you'll end up burning out and it's it's not um in any way productive mm -hmm. for you or your company or whatever project you're working on if you burn yourself yeah. out great advice mm -hmm. yeah um, and then finally, the last thing, what is the future of Prickly Pear then? What have you got your sights on? <laughs> oh, I hope the future is bright. <laughs> <laughs> Full of pears and bananas. Um, and yeah. <laughs> um, so at the moment we are uh, producing another show at Camden Fringe called Nanas Bonales, uh, which is produced by myself and written and directed by Chantel, my partner. Um, who hopefully listens to this, Yay. I would say she sure. um, and, and then after that, it's all about creating tour packs, sending yeah. those out. Um, what is said tour pack? Oh, so a tour pack is something, it's sort of like a pitch that you put together in a PowerPoint that is easy for a theatre programmer, so someone who decides what shows are put into their mm. theatre seasons can read through and then really engage with and say, yeah, this show could really fit this into mm. our February. Um, it could fit here. It's not going to fit because it's not what we value as a theatre, but thank you for applying. So it just depends. So working a lot on those um, and really just applying for things like the Vaults Festival, yeah. raising funds and applying for funding for different fringe festivals like the Brighton Fringe and Edinburgh Fringe. Um, and really um, hopefully take both shows that we have um, now in our repertoire and just uh, as well collaborate now hopefully in the future we'll be able to collaborate mm. with other uh, minorities to create more stories around them because immigration crisis was sort of my project and idea that I developed with Chantel and Chantel really honed Nana's Bolognese it was totally her idea it's a beautiful story um, so now we we both sort of had our individual project and really want to collaborate with yeah. someone else um eventually and and maybe have like people submit scripts and we get to yeah. choose who to work with and and stuff like that so hopefully that's our future yeah you've got a plan yeah we've got a we've got a plan um it's not yeah. it's i guess it's not the most concrete plan but it's a uh, start and that's all you start. can ask amazing yeah. Yeah. positivity is Great. the way forward brilliant well thank you for coming on learning with liz it's been a pleasure to have you the thank first you. um podcast as well um i hope you guys have enjoyed listening to it as well you had some fun facts um and i will see you next time